Hi guys, good evening. Welcome to episode 122 of The Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. We are reviewing uh, Roma 3 Lecce 1 in the Coppa Italia from Thursday evening, and we're reviewing Empathy 2 AS Roma 4 uh, from yesterday, the final game of the January Serie A has it's gone into a January international break for South American World Cup qualifiers and also for the CONCACAF qualifiers. Uh, with me tonight, I've got Imran. How are we? Good, thank you. And also, James, how are we? Oh, fine, thank you. Um, so, guys, we've had a bit of a fun week with Roma. Three wins in a row uh, th- in two different competitions. We will start chronological order. Uh, so we'll start with Thursday. It was Roma 3, Lecce 1. Uh, former Roma youth team player, uh, Calabresi, opened the scoring for, for Lecce with a, a well-timed header from close range. A bit of poor marking. And then Marish Kambula. And then... If my memory serves me, Mike, my memory's going to go blank. Tammy Abraham, and who got the third? Aldor Shomodorov got the third for Roma to book a quarterfinal place in the Coppa Italia against Inter. And then the, the kickoff times have been named for that. So it's the 8th of February, and it's an 8 o'clock kickoff. So it's at 9 p.m. local time. It's the first round of action in the quarterfinals for, in, uh, for Roma at the San Siro against uh, Inter. So it's a a reunion for Jose Mourinho. Um, I gather both of you watched this, um, if you found a stream, because it wasn't shown here in the UK. Uh, Imran, I'll come to you first. Um, got there in the end, would you say? Roma were a bit iffy in the first half, but stamped their authority in the second. And if it wasn't for Gabriel and the Lecce goal, it could have been a bit more. If Zaniolo was having a shooting contest with him. Yeah, that's a fair assessment, I would say. Uh, Paul Farsaf, um, very disappointed by that by that half, but then we stepped up uh, in the second half and won comfortably. But uh, uh, I think it would have been more assuring if they dominated from the start until the end. But unfortunately, that was not the case. But still... Still a good reaction, uh, but uh, that first half was very frustrating. I mean, uh, there were times I was thinking, "Wow, actually, are we actually getting outplayed by Lecce?" Yes, yes, we uh, were. <laughs> and uh, I think that that was what was happening, and you wouldn't uh, expect it expect it to happen. Uh, Especially considering that we we have been through it so many times, and you thought at some point these players um, would be tactically more dis- disciplined and wouldn't let that happen. But um, I don't know. I think it's too easy to blame the players all the time. I think it was down to the preparation. We should we we weren't aggressive enough. Uh, we didn't. Uh, press as we should have done we didn't press high we i think there was a lack of cohesion between uh the different departments uh, in terms of the attack and midfield and then the midfield and defense um uh, it, it was not working at all and uh, it, it was very disappointing to see do you think there was a lack of intensity in the first half over the first 35 minutes uh, before kumbula scored from the Abraham knockdown? Do you think it was a bit of lack of intensity? 
Well, it was obvious. It was obvious that we didn't have any intensity at mm. all. It reminded me of uh, at times of the Buddha Glimp game. We were just running, running between, uh, and we didn't have any, we didn't have any proper response to what was happening. If if it was a team uh, with a higher quality, I think we we could have gotten a, um, a, a psychological blow as well, because they would have just they would have been more clinical and probably scored a goal or two but then yeah we managed to get the equalizer which um, turned the momentum in our favor and then you know the red card helped as well mm-hmm. uh, because we played almost one third of the game uh, with a man extra with an extra man and um, against a Serie B team that should really be easy stuff uh, my final question to you about this: Do you think the substitute, uh, the three substitutes at half time, really made an impact and changed the game? Sorry. Oh, yeah, they in a way did because, but uh, I think it was more, uh, it was more a signal from Mourinho that look, I was not happy with this. I'm doing something about it, and you could say in one way it's an extreme reaction for what was happening on the pitch and that could be a part of that blame could be his because he didn't prepare the team uh, properly but uh, he had to react and throw some players under the bus you could say he didn't do it uh, he didn't do it officially through any interview or press conference but um, that uh, I mean the, the move in the halftime you know substituting three of your players that sends signals. Yeah, it says uh, sends signals to the players that we need to change this. Uh, James, what was your thoughts on Roma's perform- performance on Thursday evening against Lecce? Similar to Imran, really. I thought that mm. the approach in the first half was too um, laboured and not intense enough. Um, with these sort of teams in these sort of games, where it's particularly when you're playing at the Olimpico, I think you've really got to get on the front foot and uh, push the opposition into, um, you know, into errors and um, and recover the ball as high up the pitch as possible. Um, and uh, we didn't do it. And of course, it was quite a shock to concede. I think the team went into a little bit of shock conceding that goal. But I would say they did. I would say after about half an hour or so, you could see the chances, um, some half chances coming. And it wasn't in a big surprise when Kumbula equalised. And it was nice for him because it was a good, you know, he got into a good position mm. and finished well. And I think um, you're talking there about the players who were substituted. And it was a pity because some players, you know, it was a great opportunity. You know, it could have been a great opportunity thinking of people like Afeni Jan and and uh, Carlos Perez, you know, to take that opportunity to start um, and, and maybe play 90 minutes. And um, so that was a real uh, disappointment. But then in the second half, you know, things did improve, performance improved considerably. And, um, uh, you know, the goal by Abraham, I thought, was uh, wonderful. And and Shemodorov's goal was also uh, very good. So... Uh, a bit of a mixed emotions at the end. I mean, made a bit too much heavy weather of it. But and some some of the players who, you know, maybe you would um, uh, hope to have, you know, 
taken the opportunity to shine didn't but i will say kumbula did kumbula is a really interesting case at the moment because you know he looked like earlier in the season that he was one of the players perhaps who didn't deserve to be in the squad you know to be playing at, at, at for a club like roma but um, it was interesting in his post-match interview. He said he's learnt a lot and taken a lot on board from Mourinho and in, in, in the training sessions. And he believes he's improved and he's more confident. Um, obviously, there are you know we, we know that he's not you know he's relatively slow um, for a defender. But you know you can you know this is the beauty, isn't it? You can you can have other qualities that neutralise you know, minimise your weaknesses, you know. So um, maybe there is a player there that can develop into, I mean, he's still very young. What is he, 21? To go to I think he's 21, 22, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, so, remember, this is, I think it's his second full season at the club after exactly. do, doing well at, at Hellas Verona. Yes, that's right. So um, I, that, that was one of the big positives to me, that maybe Kambula's re- discovering himself and his confidence in his form and of course that would be very important going forward you know it's particularly at the rate we pick up yellow cards I mean we picked up three yellow cards in this game so uh... yeah um, I just look Kumbula's 21 he turns 22 in two weeks on the 8th yeah. of 8th of February on the day we play Inter in the Coppa Italia so wow. yeah <laughs> um, I actually thought he was man of the match I think he's become uh, an, an important cog on the wheel in the last two three months uh, i remember jose threw him under the bus one of the five players who we uh pointed the finger at after the bodo glimp game i think he's got i think probably since november when november december when he was chucked in for a couple of the games in the back three i think he's been, he's played really really well um I was a bit surprised he didn't start yesterday, but I think we'll come on to that later. But yeah, uh, Imran, was you like me and James been really impressed with Kumbula? And I think we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. He's really shone. Yeah, he has. I, I was, I must be honest that I had almost given up on him because uh, to me, he, he wasn't really progressing and, he the few chances he got he didn't really you know um, he, he was a bit unfortunate as well especially the Buddha Glimp game where he was thrown on the bus I you know he he's very humble he worked hard and he bounced back he deserves credit for that but I still don't believe that it's the right treatment some people might defend the treatment he and some other players got. By saying that, you know that was uh, that was the way it had to be done for these players to react. But I think there are different ways. I don't think that method is uh, um, is the preferable or ideal way to deal with a situation like that. It could work out for some people, but for most people, most players, you will just actually make it worse for them. And people are trying to make a case out of. Gonzalo Villar that, you know, uh, look at Kambula, he, he got his shit together and now he he's getting the chances. While as for Villar, he never really worked hard. I don't think that's the case. I don't think, um, I don't think the same, uh, the same principle or the same um, methods can be applied uh, to every player. You have to treat these players differently because they are very different on personal level. 
psychologically mental strength mental strength so when you if you don't know if you can't analyze uh, individual players based on that you will have difficulties getting the best out of them and you will have players with really good qualities having to leave the team because you fail to recognize um, those uh, um, those individual uh, qualities and how to how you were actually going to treat them so um, I think still there's a good player in Gonzalo Villar um, I hope he does well at Getafe he hasn't really played so far but um but yeah i i don't think i don't think the situations are necessarily uh, they're not necessarily qualified to be you know interpreted in the same way because there are so many different mechanisms uh that play a role so many different um like i said personalities how people take it you uh but you know credit goes to kumbola he he a very humble guy he worked hard in the background he never you know went publicly out and said anything he just stayed quiet and you know he um, it uh, he, you know Marini started to trust him again and it's paying off so I'm really happy for him like like you said a bit disappointed in start yesterday he deserved that but uh, hopefully he get more chances yeah, I think you'll get more chances. This is, um, you brought up Gonzalo Villar, and I've just looked, because um, Kitafe played Real Sociedad uh, over the weekend in La Liga and picked up another vital point. He also didn't feature in that game, so he's played zero league minutes this season for two clubs so far. I know it's a small sample size for Getafe, but he hasn't featured so far for um, for Roma this season in the league. And so far, he hasn't featured in in La Liga for um, for Getafe. But Boja Mayoral did, I think he did start yesterday and they drew nil nil. Um, so guys, we'll talk about yesterday's game. Uh, so that was Empoli 2, Roma 4. Jose switched back to a back three which I think shocked quite a few of us including myself and you Imran because you thought I think pre I think pre last week we you, if Smallland was not fit we could continue with a 4-2-3-1 and I think you may have tweeted out from the La Magicast account that Kumbula deserved to start I think I would tend to agree with that but Empoli 2 Roma 4 a brave for Tammy Abraham one for Sergio Oliveira and a goal for Nicolas Zaniolo before uh, um, an Emberley comeback uh, in the second half. Pinamonte uh, grabbed one back, Andrea Pinamonte, and the very, very impressive number 10 for Emberley, Nedim Bajrami, I think who will be on a lot of teams' wish list come the, uh, come the summer. The Swiss international got um, pulled a second back, but also I just wanted to say something about Ricardo Marquezia. Wish him all the best. I hope it's a speedy recovery because that injury did not look best. It's, it, it looked, um, it just, it, it looked horrible. And I think you could see from a couple of players reaction, including Nico Zaniello, who was close to him, that it was quite serious and he was stretched off. Um, Marquezia is a former Roma youth team player and it was with the club, I think in 2016, 2017 season. So hopefully it's, it's not as feared as, it looked, but I'm just wishing him a speedy recovery in the process. Um, James, I come to you first and then Imran second. 
first half good, second half not so good to quote Gennaro Gattuso. Um, really, really good first half. Do you think the second half was... Um, it lacked the intensity from Roma in the first and that led to Empoli coming in back and if if they could have got a third, I think the pessimist in us Roma fans were probably thinking, oh shit, it could be four or in a, a second capitulation in a couple of weeks in Serie A. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it was always going to be a long way back from 4-0 down and I never, oh, yeah. I never had the feeling that Empoli... Um, would get you know would uh, get close to equalizing to be honest and and um i mean the first half virtually perfect in terms of intensity um pressing the opposition i mean uh, i think we do need to a little footnote here empoli were a little bit you know they did have some rotation you know because of uh, various issues in their selection mm-hmm. but nevertheless you know uh played well this season and um to be that dominant in the first to carve out those opportunities and to score those goals and and other chances as well i mean there were other chances that uh you know i can think of one very good one that uh zaniolo had that he didn't convert but yeah overall i would say the first half virtually perfect and also at the back at the other end i mean they didn't i know there was that chance at nil nil that um Pinamonte, uh, yeah, they headed uh, over. It was, uh, yeah, and there was one where they uh, shot just past the post, mm. and it was still nil nil. But um, you know, once we got our noses in front, and then the quality of the goals was was excellent. I mean, Zaniolo's finish superb. Mm. Um, Same with uh, for Oliveira and the accidental assist from from Zaniolo. I think he'll he'll chalk yeah. that up to add to his assist this season. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't realize it. Yeah, and Abraham as well, another yeah. great goal, and um, so and then after half time, what was strange to me was why it was like, I mean, yeah, okay, Empoli came out on the front foot. They'd obviously had a, you know, had a had a um, quite a intense half time team talk, but um, you know that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to suffer the way we did, and um, and it was interesting that. Uh, Abraham said afterwards that um, uh, you can't lower, uh, you can't go out with that sort of attitude where you're too relaxed, you know, because if the opposition, you know, get a sense of that, then they're likely to commit players forward and create problems. And um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so I was a bit disappointed um for the first part of the second half until we then almost like recovered our poise and um, saw the game out relatively comfortably in the end. But so I would say the first half was really what, what the sort of football we've been longing for all season mm. really. And then the second half, certainly the first part of the second half was um, quite Alarming, I would say, in some ways, uh, the way we allowed Empoli. I mean, they, had, they kept like creating chances. And one of the things I wanted to point out here was that the goal, that the second goal, which was you could say it was an unfortunate goal to concede, deflection off um, Mancini, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But that this has happened quite a few times this season where we've conceded too many shots from. Uh, around the edge of the penalty area you know we're not quick enough to to um you know so many times we're not quick enough to shut down 
uh, and block, try to block. And that's the most effective way of dealing with that situation. You know, if someone's going to shoot more, more than anything, you know, if you can prevent the shot reaching the goalkeeper, then, um, you know, it's, it's a much safer situation to be in, much more secure. So um, that's something that needs working on, I think. But um, overall, uh, considering the potential difficulty of the, of, of, of the game, I think um, very, I, I would say I'm, I was happy, yeah, at full time yesterday. I'm with you because Empley are the best out of the three promoted sides by a country mile. And with Empley this season, I think I've I've watched quite a bit of them. It's either they win by a country mile or they can see quite a lot of goals like they did against Sassuolo and to some extent yesterday against Roma. But yeah, I think they're, they're one of the better sides to watch this season from, from Serie A and they will cause a lot of teams problems and they did in the second half uh, for Roma. And I thank you for pointing that out, James, because before I'll ask him around his thoughts on, on yesterday's game, um, I saw some of the stats from from the second half and Empley had 70% possession. I know they were chasing the game and Andrea Zoli probably gave him a rocket out of the backside, but they were very impressive. And it was like Roma just kept backing off and sitting deep and just like the intensity wasn't there. Um, and I also want to say, um, uh, before I forget, Bajrami is actually Albanian international. He's Swiss born and Albanian parents. And he chose to, um, to, to play for the Albanian national team, so not Switzerland. Uh, my apologies, uh, Imran. What were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? Uh, do you echo what mine and James's thoughts? Yeah, I do. Uh, very good uh, first half. Impressive, I would say, because we did a lot of things that mm, we wanted this club, this team to do. I mean, press high, win back possession, high up in the pitch, counter attack. Well, I mean, when you win back possession high up. Uh, and you press like that, you will get, uh, I mean, it's natural and obvious that you will get chances for uh, counterattacks because uh, the opposition is not uh, tactically organized and they're not organized in defense. So it will give you a lot of space. If you are quick, um, you will have, um, you will be in very good goal scoring. Uh, You will have a lot of goal scoring opportunities. And we, we were very, effective very clinical uh, i don't think it was just the fact that we were very clinical i, I think it was that we scored you know we created clear-cut scoring opportunities and uh, that was that was very uh, very good to see and um, but the second half uh, the intensity drops we don't press uh, as much uh, and um, also combined with the fact that, like you guys said, Empoli coming up more uh, determined uh, after the halftime um, team talk. But I think I still think a good team um, should prevent uh, situations like that. They should know what's incoming. They should know that Empoli is going uh, into halftime and will get a beating. Uh, because of the performance and we have to be aware we have to be tactically aware we have to close down those spaces and i think it's unforgivable that you give benamonti the amount of space that he got inside your box i mean in that position 
I, I think mm. it's in for, unforgivable for about for a team chasing top four. There should be um, shouldn't be anywhere near a goal scoring opportunity, especially with the amount of players you have uh, when you are uh, when you are defending with so many players. And he's uh, and he was one of few players who was in the box, and he gets that. Uh, you, you give him that space. I think it was, and and like you said. Uh, with uh, Bayrami, when he gets the chance, there's no one uh, uh, pressing him. We see, we've seen too often. Uh, I believe that we have been finding ourselves in that situation far too often, uh, from my liking at least. Because I think that when a player is uh, when when a player is advancing with the ball like that in that area, you know what's coming and. Uh, you're going to rely on the goalkeeper to make a save because we saw the consequence of that yesterday. A ball can easily take a deflection and uh, and create a very difficult situation for the goalkeeper. So you, you have to you have to be more aggressive in those situations. You have to um, close down uh, and prevent, like James said, from those shots from happening. And, uh, and that was a bit uh, unfortunate. And um, secondly, also the the amount of possession we had, I think that we should have been more comfortable in this position. I know that I've stressed this a lot. I want uh, I want us to be more. Uh, I want us to keep possession more, especially when we are in situations like that. And yesterday was was a perfect. Uh, Situation to do that, where we could, because we had the players. I think we had the players to do that. Ricardo Oliveira is very good in possession. He's very calm, and uh, yeah. So I, I, I was disappointed with the second half. I'm not sure that we have recovered despite that excellent first half. Because I think if you look at the last two games, you have you have a first half against Lecce, which is very poor. And then you have two consecutive halves. The second half against Lecce and the first half against Empoli, which are good. Uh, and then you have the poor second half against Empoli. I think that we we still, unfortunately, are very inconsistent. And I don't think this victory necessarily means that we have recovered. Uh, and uh, I'm not so sure... Uh, what to expect from the next few games because it's really difficult to still draw conclusions. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The team doesn't seem to put a performance together for the full 90 minutes for one game. It's either 45 minutes of one game and then 45 minutes for another game. I think we've seen that quite a lot this season in, in, in Serie A and in, in Europe. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see against Genoa in a couple of weeks after the international break because they've got a new manager and they drew nil-nil against Udinese on Saturday. And then it's uh, Inter in the Coppa Italia and it's Sassuolo and is it Hellas Verona or is it the, the game's vice versa? Um, and yeah, because the kickoff times have been announced for that and... The first game is a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff against Genoa. I don't know if you two have seen this. So, yeah, um, the kickoff times have been announced up until the end of February. I wanted to ask you both for an Italian national team point of view. I know, James, you uh, you like to keep an eye on that. There's a youngster who plays for Empoli this season, Samuele Ricci. Um, I thought he played really, really well yesterday. He's been called up for the 
Italian squad. Uh, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think um, to be honest, I didn't. It didn't make the impression on me that he did you, but um, obviously, you know, he did make an impression because I mean, for a player from Empoli, I don't can't think of that many players from Empoli who've ever been called up for you know the Italy squad. So Ooh, um, yeah, you got you got to think a while. And Caputo yeah. Caputo wouldn't have been called up. That would have been Sassuolo, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh so that's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a real uh, achievement. So, um, yeah, I look, you know, um, I mean, that's great. And I look um, at that with interest, you know, whether he can sustain that form and um, and open up possibilities going forward for himself. One thing I would like to say was, um, just in the context of... Uh, uh, and like that, 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 as you were talking about there, that drop off in the performance at the start of the second half and, um, how disappointing it was and has left us, as Imran said, in a sort of, um, uh, ha- very happy with the result and the first half performance, but left us a bit uncertain looking forward is, is Mourinho reacted very quickly, didn't he, in the second half and he, he made did, a substitution. Yes which didn't go down well with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I don't know if you saw his reaction, but he didn't. I did, yeah. He looked... He was a bit (laughs) forlorn, didn't he? he? Yes, and uh, he wasn't in agreement with the decision to be be, uh, substituted. And um, so, but my question, where does that come from? Where does that reaction come from? Because... um, you know, were they not sufficiently, weren't they made aware? Because I think Abraham made a reference that they were they were told, they were instructed at half time. So it would have come from Mourinho or one of the uh, coaching staff that, you know, expect Empoli to, you know, come out hard and push for, uh, you know, in the opening part of the second half. So it's something that you would have expected. And yet, you know, um, didn't seem able to deal with it. And Mourinho, you know, made this substitution early in the second half that didn't go down at all well with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who looked very frustrated at being substituted. But, um, and uh, Abraham made a reference, I think it was Abraham, in his post-match interview to say that they were made aware at half-time of what to expect, you know, to expect a bit of an onslaught from Empoli um, early in the second half, and yet not to really react to that and to try you know, and retain possession, take the sting out of the game, look for counter-attacks, um, suggests, um, I don't know, like like uh, game, game management, mm. you know, result management, score management wasn't, uh, you know, is something that is still to be, it, it, certainly there's room for improvement in that area. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was um, particularly. Um, but so, so the fact that Mourinho made that strong reaction uh, by by um, making the substitution so early uh, suggests that um, he's got so he's got work to do in that area. Um, did you know? Did you both notice his intensity on the touchline, especially in the second half? Uh, I would say probably with about twenty twenty five minutes ago when it was at four one, he was could he would he was more intense than I've seen him since probably the Napoli home game where he got sent off in the second half. Did you both notice that? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, and that's yes, it probably was the most animated he's been mm. since that particular game. Yeah, 
and he went up to Andreas Oli at the end. I probably said, you guys played well. You gave us a real good game in the second half. I don't think I've seen Jose like that in a long, long while. I was thinking he probably didn't want another capitulation on his hands, especially just a couple of weeks after the Juventus game because the intensity did drop off and uh, the subs I felt sorry for Maitland Niles because that substitution did not work I thought he played really well in the first half and uh, I didn't expect Vigna to come on it that I don't think that substitution really worked he could have taken off maybe Mkhitaryan or Sergio Oliveira or Cristante one of those three a little bit earlier he left it a little bit late but I think the game was just eking away but all in all, I would say a good win under the circumstances because Fiorentina dropped points against Calgary. How they did that, I have no idea. And probably the weirdest game of football I've seen all season. And so did Lazio in probably another strange game I watched this season with Atalanta with all the COVID cases they had and the injuries. And they managed to get a nil-nil draw out of Lazio and Lazio were absolutely awful. So all in all, it was a good week for Roma and a good weekend because Roma ran sixth. Um, they're just a few, uh, I think it's five or six points behind Juve who played out probably another boring nil-nil draw against AC Milan in probably one of the worst games of football I've seen in a long while played on a, a pudding of a pitch which has had four games in it and then it's just it was just a mess but I think it's been a good week for Roma wouldn't you agree guys? Yeah I would but um, I'd still think though that you know you'd have to be really optimistic to think that from what we've seen from us, we don't deserve Champions League play. Oh, of course at, not. No. At no. the moment. At, at the, the moment, moment, no. But still, you know, what is it? 16 games, 16 or so games to go. Five points behind fourth place, although Atalanta have the game in hand. Atalanta will have the Europa League in next month, the playoff round, I think. Yeah, Olympiacos. Olympiacos, they got in the right. Europa League. And and they're likely. I think it's. There's a fair chance that they'll take that competition seriously, and um, you know, uh, it could uh, tax them a bit. Whereas we have the great advantage, thanks to um, Zoria, who did us the favour against uh, Bodo Glimp, that we don't play again in Europe until March. Yes, mid March. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, opportunity there to consolidate maybe a, a Europa League position for next season. So do you, hand on heart, the the gap between Roma and Atalanta now is five points and the gap between Juventus is four points, but Atalanta do have that game in hand, so that it could be eight points clear. Top four is out of the question in your eyes, James, but fifth, maybe sixth is in reach. Yes. Exactly. That's how, that's how I would put it. That's that's actually not a bad point of view because we actually got a question about this. Uh, let me have a look because we got question uh, one question and it was from Teo, a.k.a. Florenzi Hair. He asked, what's our end of season target given the current form? James, you say top five top six Champions League is out of question I sort of do agree with you I said Roma could finish fifth in the in the Serie A standards this season so you do think it's between Roma and maybe Juventus for the top 
the fifth spot for the Europa League or maybe sixth where they are now. Um, but Champions League done, 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 done. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I think we'll finish behind Juventus, mm. um, notwithstanding their problems. Um, but target also is Europa Conference League. <laughs> oh, to, to, to win that or yes. just, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you think maybe the Coppa Italia or is that with the draw in hand against Inter, who I would say laboured against Venezia? They had to deal with an Edin Dzeko late goal. Do you think that's going to be the hardest out of the lot? Do you agree? Could be, yeah. I mean, don't forget, uh, Inter did have the extra time on. Yes, against Empoli. Against Empoli. And of course, as did Empoli. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, Who we played. So, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I certainly wouldn't write off the quarterfinal against Inter. I mean, it's a possibility there. You know, one game uh, over 90 minutes or maybe extra time. So, um, uh, Coppa Italia definitely is something to, um, you know, focus on but particularly as the following league game is at home to Genoa mm. on, on the Saturday so and we play on the Tuesday in the cup sorry sorry no 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 I'm getting mixed up we play Genoa and then Inter. three days later into so, yeah so um there's no reason why we shouldn't uh um you know go all out in that competition but for prestige and everything really and also um uh, for, for for so many reasons, financial prestige, uh, to win the Europa Conference League for me is still my biggest wish for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Is there any... So do Roma get automatic qualification for another European competition? Group if you stage win of the it, Europa League. It is group stage. For, ah, so if you win... like It's like the Europa League. If you win that, you get automatic qualify for the Champions League. Ah, got you. So, uh, yeah, that could be interesting to see what what happens. Um, Imran, uh, what were your, on Tio's question, do you uh, agree with myself and James, like maybe top six and maybe Conference League to go for, maybe a Coppa Italia if they can get past Inter and maybe have a showdown. I think it's with Lazio in the semis if they get past, is it AC Milan they've got in the quarterfinals? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Conference League is probably the most realistic goal in terms of the team playing there. I think the Coppa Italia would be nice as well. It would be slightly more difficult due to the teams that we can face. And uh, in terms of the top four, I think, uh, of course, I hope that we can do it. We're still not mathematically out because, for, like you said, five points and... Uh, despite both Juventus and, uh, oh, I mean, Atalanta having a game in hand, it will be difficult. Uh, I don't think we have sh- we have shown the consistency required to finish top four. Uh, it will take, I uh, would, I believe, a miracle to turn it around because we need to somehow um, figure out how to, you know, play with that consistency intensity, press high, aggressive style of play uh, in the 15 games in Serie A that are left to be played. I think uh, as of now, despite three wins in a row, I don't think we have shown enough to suggest that it will happen. So I'm 
based on everything my uh, on the whole situation my conclusion is that uh, uh, top four would be very difficult uh, so i think the goal would be to win conference league realistically hopefully have a good shot at the Coppa Italia uh, but uh, yeah realistically those are our goals I would say yeah I would agree with that um, I know other people think because of the money that Roma spent in the summer that top four was really an outside objective I think you've got to be real that this is the first year under Jose Mourinho the football's not going to be pretty it's going to be um, wins over performance and I think we've got that this season I don't think you'll see the proper Roma under Jose up until probably Christmas next year uh, next season sorry not next year that'd be, that'd be too far in uh, that could be the third and final year of his project so Christmas next season so probably in another 10-11 months of uh, of his trying to get his sort of players into the into the squad but yeah I think if Roma can push and do well in the the conference league I think it's that is I think they're one of the favorites to win it and as James said um, Zoria did an absolute wonderful job to getting a result against Bodo Glimp meaning that we can qualify and miss the tricky tricky um, qualifiers playoffs that the going on in the conference league is along in the Europa League but yeah um, if we can push on to that and hopefully snatch a top five spot but yeah I think sometimes you have to be optimistic but then being a Roma fan I, I am and you guys have been for a long while the pessimist in us it rears his ugly head and you just think yeah we we could be doing better but no it's, it's, it will be we'll be okay but yeah, just things could have gone a little bit better in the opening five or five or so months for Roma, but you'll have to wait and see. Um, that's the only question we got from the, the listeners, and thank you, Teo, um, aka Florenzi, here for the questions. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening. Even though I accidentally pulled a cord out and we had to record the second part again. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com and, uh, f- find all of the backlog from our previous episodes on there. You can find us, uh, on the podcast platforms of Apple. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, and wherever you, li- you, uh, li- listen to us. Um, Imran, thank you. Thank you very much again for joining me on a Monday evening. Thank you. Bloody can't get my words out. <laughs> it's been a long day. As I said to James pre-recording James, once again for another episode, you've been a breath of fresh air and joining us in the last couple of weeks. And hopefully you can, there's more of you to join in, in the, uh, the distant future. Thanks very much. Thank you. And always remember for Sarama and ciao. Ciao. Ciao.